It's after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Love 
He was short and fat and rode out of the west with a Mogan David on his silver vest. He was mean and nasty right clear through, which was kind of weird, because he was yellow, too. They called him Irving. Big Irving. Big short Irving. Big short fat Irving. The 142nd fastest gun in the west. He came from the old bar mitzvah spread with a 10-gallon yarmulke on his head. He always followed his mother's wishes. Even on the range, he used two sets of dishes. Irving. Big fat Irving. Big sissy Irving. The 142nd fastest gun in the West. Irving. 141 could draw faster than he, but Irving was looking for 143. Walked in the soul saloon like a man insane and ordered three fingers of two cents plain. Irving. Big fat Irving. Big sport Irving. The 142nd fastest gun in the West. James boys was coming on a train at first son and the town said, Irving, we need your gun. Well, that train pulled in at the break of dawn. Irving's gun was there, but Irving was gone. Irving. Big fat Irving. Big help Irving. The 142nd fastest gun in the West. Finally, Irving got three slugs in the belly. It was right outside the frontier deli. He was sitting there twirling his gun around, and Butterfingers Irving gunned himself down. Irving. Big fat Irving. Big dum-dum Irving. Big dum-dum dead Irving. The 142nd fastest gun in the West. J.M. in the A.M., uh, one of my favorites when it comes to the month of Adar and Purim time, the Ballad of Irving. One of my favorite things is uh, listening to people complain about the fact that we play it, frankly. After all, how could you play such uh, insults of Irving on the air? Well, I think most people get that it's a joke, Baruch Hashem, and a pretty funny routine. Uh, before that, Hashem Melech by Mordechai Shapiro, Benny Freeman's La So, Kapara done by Avramel, Ruach had Shoshana Siakov. Words that we say tomorrow night. Uh, Yaakov Shweki with eight recode. It is, after all, a time to dance during this month of Adar in the week of Purim. And a Regesh, Modaani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Tuesday on this February the 27th, day 12 of the month of Adar. Happy birthday, Chava Siegel. Happy birthday, Yosef Siegel. Happy birthday, Yehoshua Siegel. They were born on the 12th of Adar, going back a few years. 39 degrees here in New York, 51% humidity, winter west at 2 miles an hour. Sunny today with a high of 56, and tonight mostly clear, low 40.
Tomorrow, mostly cloudy. Tanis Esther High, 58 degrees. 56 right now in Yerushalayim. We're at 39 here in New York City as we say good morning at uh, JM in the AM. Um, we'll do a Yeshiva League sports update coming up within the hour. Things are really heating up in the uh, playoff drive. Or I uh, more accurately should say in this playoff season. So we will um, bring you the Yeshiva League sports update coming up at 7.20 this morning with Elliot Weiselberg at the helm. Um, what else do I want to mention to everybody? Yeshiva University, everyone, everyone seems to be talking about <laughs> the Maccabees and their amazing accomplishment winning the Skyline Conference. Um, Friday, I believe 1 p.m., I believe it's 1 p.m. on Shushan Purim. They will go up against York College in York, Pennsylvania. To open up what will hopefully be the first of six games in the NCAA tournament. If you lose, you're out. That's how it works. If you win six games, you're champion of the entire country. So let's see what uh, let's see what happens. Big hello to JM from Teaneck. Very active on the uh, NSN Nahum Single Network app this morning. Want to wish a Mazel Tov to my great nephew Yehuda Stillerman had his bar mitzvah celebration last night in Flatbush, Brooklyn, and to the entire Stillerman family, and it was wonderful to see his uh, Stillerman grandparents. To the entire Stillerman family, uh, my niece uh, Shani and uh, Rabbi Avi Stillerman, and of course the extended Siegel and Stillerman clan, we say mazal tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Yehuda Stillerman celebrated his bar mitzvah last night, and it was um, it was really wonderful. It was really a great uh, family celebration. Uh, people from his yeshiva, of course, and uh, and family and friends. It was really a a wonderful and a beautiful bar mitzvah celebration in Brooklyn, New York. So mazal tov again to the Stillermans and the Siegels. We should continue to share smachot. His his birthday's today as well. So you see another family member whose birthday's on the twelfth of Adar. Mazal tov from all of us here. At JM in the AM. More coming up. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll uh, check in with the Rothenberg Law Firm later on. Find out uh, some of the legal dangers of drinking on Purim. Yeah, there's a lot to keep in mind. You certainly don't want to get into a situation where you can kill yourself or somebody else. But there's also some legal matters you need to know. So we'll check in with our friends at the Rothenberg Law Firm later on. And plenty more coming up on this Tuesday as we get closer and closer to Purim. 5778 at JM in the AM.
Honey bunch is home. Where are you? I'm hiding. <laughs> I've got a surprise for you. Where are you? I'm hiding. I bought you those gold earrings you wanted. Where are you? I'm hiding in the front closet. <laughs> J.M. and the A.M. One of my favorite comedy routines during this month of Adar as we get closer and closer to the holiday of Purim. It's J.M. in the A.M. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da
tale so grand. Shushan is the place where it all began. The hit. You want to create a stunning website? I've already done it with Wix. Let me show you how it's done. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need to put these. I can't see without them. In miracle. Second in command, slay all the Jews with his wicked plan, a scheme so miserable. He chose a day for the disaster. It's ironic what came after. He didn't know a girl named Esther would turn it upside down. So raise your glasses. From behind the scenes, she wore the royal crown. Three days, the Jews just prayed. Queen Esther risked her life, went to save the day. She took Haman down. The streets were filled with celebration. Everyone ate hamantashen. Jubilation for the nation. Won't you 
your attention, please. This is the last will and testament of our dear friend and relative Samuel B. Cohen. I, Samuel Benjamin Cohen, being of sound mind and body, do hereby declare this to be my last will and testament. Number one, to my son, my beautiful boy Sheldon, 
My firstborn, who made me proud of him all my life, a fine son, a good husband, a wonderful father, and the best dentist in the United States. <laughs> to my son Sheldon, I bequeath tax-free one million dollars. Wonderful. Isn't that magnificent? Good luck, Sheldon. <laughs> Number two, to my beautiful daughter Jane, with a Y. <laughs> to that lovely child who always got high marks and helped her mother with the dishes when we couldn't afford a maid, who got a scholarship to Hunter College, who for a long time has been a little too particular or she'd be married already. To my lovely daughter Jane, with a Y, tax-free one million dollars. Such a generous man. Isn't that beautiful? Tov. Number three, to my beautiful wife Miriam, friend, companion, love of my life. To the lovely Miriam I give with pleasure everything that's not in her name already. the white Chrysler Imperial with the white sidewalls and the Prince's telephone, the Picasso from the back of the store, my Arnold Palmer golf clubs with a new leather bag, and tax-free two million dollars in cash. Enjoy, sweetheart, enjoy. Oh, what a marvelous husband. An angel, not a man, an angel. The Picasso from back of the store and everything. <laughs> Number four, to my brother-in-law, Louis, who lived with us all of his life, who never had to do a day's work, who knew how to handicap the ponies better than anybody, who only smoked the finest cigars, mine, to my brother-in-law, Louis, who all his life said I would never remember him in my will. Hello, Louis. <laughs> Jam in the AM Tuesday. <laughs> Excuse moi. Jam in the AM Tuesday. As we get closer and closer to the holiday of Purim. Those are some of our amazingly hilarious comedy segments, which we love to play and Present to you, <clears throat> present to you each year. Uh, the Maya Note, <clears throat> excuse me, the Maya Note Yeshiva High School for Girls invites the community to their annual scholarship dinner happening on Saturday night, March the tenth. Begins at eight thirty p.m. and congregation Keter Torah in Teaneck, New Jersey. Mazal Tov to uh, Saul and Dina Kasovitz, to um, Rabbi Ellie and Dr. Miriam Berman. To Dr. Near, Mrs. Lynn Evanhem. Hope I have that pronounced correctly. And um, and to Ms. Samantha Kaur, who's receiving the Teacher of the Year Award. To pledge, to reserve, to get your uh, reservations in, you want to speak with the people at Mayanote, 201-833-4307, or go to the web, mayanote.org slash annual dash dinner. Mayanote.org slash annual Dash dinner. It's March tenth, eight thirty. Congregation Keter Torah in um, 
Teaneck, New Jersey. Our friends at Yeshivat Noam have their big 16th annual dinner coming up, happening on Monday, March the 12th at Congregation Keter Torah. Guests of honor, our wonderful friends, Yosefa and Yitzi Solomon, Community Service Award to uh, Stephanie Diamond, and faculty recognition to uh, Ricky Kurtz and uh, Erica Rabin. And that's happening uh, again on the 12th of March at Congregation Keter Torah, the Yeshivat Noam 16th annual dinner. Information, you could speak with Amy at 201-261-1919, 201-261-1919, or yeshivatnoam.org, yeshivatnoam.org for information on that. This coming Sunday, it's Shoot for Shalom. That's right. Um, many of you recall the Shoot for Shalom event for Shalom Torah Academy of Central New Jersey. You can have a great time playing basketball and support a day school that's open to every Jewish child. The event is this coming Sunday. Um, they're calling it Fast Break 2018, the Shoot for Shalom basketball tournament. Go to Shoot for the number four, shalom.com. Shoot for the number four, shalom. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSingle.com on the NachumSingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Golly, it's on the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. And a reminder, we've got a uh, Yeshiva League sports update coming up as well. That's right. Yeshiva League sports update is on the way. Golly, Israel Army Radio. 2 p.m. newscast for a Tuesday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JMNM. גליצאל השעה שתיים, כאן רני אבנאי עם מה שקורה עכשיו. ברגע שורת החקירות בימים האחרונים, הנשיא ראובן ריבלין העניק הבוקר גיבוי מלא למשטרה בטקס בהשתתפות שוטרים ואנשי המשרד לביטחון הפנים. כתבנו גל חן שמע אותו. אתם חשופים לא אחת גם לביקורת. אני רוצה לנצל את ההזדמנות הזאת. כדי לומר לכם באופן חד וברור, הגיבוי שלנו נתון לכם בכל משימה. הארגון למניעת הפצת נשק גרעיני חוקר האם צבא אסד ישתמש בגז כלור בתקיפות נגד גורמי אופוזיציה. כתבנו נתן אלדרשן. לנוכח הדיווחים על שימוש בפיצצות כלור במזרח מחוז רוטה שבסוריה במהלך החודש האחרון, הודיע הארגון העולמי לפיקוח הנשק קימי כי החל לבדוק האם נעשה שימוש בנשק אסור על פי הדין הבינלאומי. מנהיגים רבים מהעולם המערבי הודיעו במהלך החודש האחרון כי ייתנו את הסכמתם לפעולה צבאית נגד משטר אסד, אם יימצאו הוכחות לכך שצבאו עשה שימוש בנשק קימי. המשטרה חוקרת חשד כי מספר תלמידים התעללו בבעלי חיים במהלך מסיבת פורים בבית ספר במועצה האזורית אשכול. כתבנו רמי שני. שעשוע שמצאו לעצמם נערים בבית ספר במועצה האזורית אשכול, השלכת אפרוחים חיים וראש חזיר זה על זה, הופסק בעקבות תלונה שהוגשה למשטרה, ופעולה מיידית של הצוות החינוכי בבית הספר שהחל לקדם נקיטת צעדים ומסירת דיווח להורים. זאת בעקבות הזעזוע שהביעו אנשי הצוות החינוכי ואגף החינוך של המועצה. הצוותים התכנסו במהלך היום לדון בהמשך הצעדים שינקטו כלפי התלמידים. המשטרה פתחה בחקירת האירוע. מנכ"ל בנק מזרח יטפחות, אלדד פרשר, מעריך כי מחירי הדירות ירדו בשנים הקרובות בחלק מהאזורים בארץ. כתבנו ניתאי ענבי שמע אותו באירוע הצגת הדוחות השנתיים של הבנק. יכול להיות שבשנים הקרובות אנחנו נראה שוני בהתפתחות מחירי הדירות במקומות שונים בארץ. במקומות מסוימים אנחנו נחזה בהמשך עליות מחירים, ובמקומות אחרים עצירה. 
ובמקומות אחרים אפילו ירידה. התחזית קרה מהרגיל לעונה, ממחר עלייה בטמפרטורות שתהיינה רגילות לעונה. ולסיום המתיחה הפורימית של יוסיין בולט, לאחר שהבוקר הודיע האיש המהיר בעולם על הסבה לקריירת כדורגל, עכשיו מתברר הכל היה תרגיל שיווקי. כתבנו אופיר יונתן. האצן הג'מייקני ששבר כל שיא אפשרי על מסלולי הריצה, הפיל בפח את גופי התקשורת בעולם. תחילה כתב בולט בטוויטר כי חתם בקבוצת כדורגל דרום-אפריקנית, בה יחל לשחק בקרוב, אולם מאוחר יותר התברר שזו מתיחה, וכי בולט יעלה על מגרש הכדורגל רק עבור משחק צדקה במנצ'סטר. הקבוצה האפריקנית שיתפה פעולה עם האצן וצירפה תמונה שלו כאילו הוצג בקבוצה. ואלה החדשות שעורך מירון ששון.
Shushan Abira, Shimao Mordechai, Ben Yair, Ben Shimi, 
You got five dollars? Yes, I do. Then I'll get in touch with her immediately. Could you please hurry, madam? I'm very anxious to speak to my grandmother. Just a second, lady. After all, I haven't got a direct line. Besides, I haven't summoned the spirits yet. Quiet. Hello? That's a good one. That's a good one. The uh, fortune teller. Tuesday morning, JM and the AM getting closer and closer to the holiday of Purim. Thanks so much for tuning in and being part of our amazing broadcast. I want to thank those who are commenting on the app. The Rebbe Nachman song, someone asked uh, on the app, uh, the Rebbe Nachman song was Gershon Veroba uh, that we played earlier. Let's see. What have we done since the top of the hour? 
Uh, we had Avrami Flam with Benahapohu, Ish Yehudi with Shwebel Sharf and Levine, and the version done by Diaspora. And then before the news, Gershon Varoba's Rabbi Nachman. And yes, we had Ish Yehudi, Shwebel Sharf and Levine. I saw Ali Sharf the other day. I told him I'm going to take one morning this week and really, really play his uh, classic Ish Yehudi. So I think twice so far this morning would qualify as really playing it. 20 minutes after the hour, it's JM in the AM on a Tuesday with sunshine and a high of uh, 56 degrees. Purim tomorrow night. Tomorrow is Tanis Esther. Wishing everybody an easy fest. We'll be here, of course, with JM in the AM. On Thursday, Mayor Weingarten will send in for a Purim show, and I thank him. And um, there will be incredible Purim selections all day long on Thursday for you to enjoy with your family, with those who are coming over for your Suda, with those who are visiting you during the day. Uh, if you're in your car traveling around, and delivering Mishloach Manos, you'll have an opportunity to tune into the Nachum Siegel Network and enjoy our amazing Purim programming all day Thursday. So keep that in mind as we get closer and closer to the big holiday. Well, our Yeshiva League sports season is in full swing, or more accurately, our Yeshiva League playoff season is in full swing. It is amazing what's going on as uh, teams continue to... uh, plow through the playoffs and we get set for the championship games coming up in girls basketball on the 8th of March, boys basketball on the 11th of March and boys hockey on the 18th of March. At this point, we get an opportunity to be completely up to date by listening to the Tuesday morning Yeshiva League sports update and a reminder that Elliot Weiselberg will have a brand new broadcast tonight starting at 7 p.m. Eastern time on our network. 7 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Elliot Weiselberg with an in-depth look at the latest Yeshiva League sports. Again, that's 7 p.m. Eastern time tonight, just under 12 hours from now. Meanwhile, with a big thank you to our friends at Crown Trophy, because as you know, when those playoffs are over and the champions are uh, are awarded uh, and recognized, they will be holding a Crown Trophy over their heads in celebration. So big thank you to Mike Feller and everybody at Crown Trophy. All right. Yeshiva League Sports Update on this Tuesday morning. Elliot Weiselberg is next here at JM in the AM. Thanks, Nachum. As the playoffs roll along, we find ourselves winding down or winding up, depending on how you look at it, to the end of the quarterfinal rounds and the beginning of each league's final four. Today on the Tuesday morning JM, the AM Sports Update, JV basketball's defending champions defy the odds. Last year's varsity hockey runners-up get their revenge, and the girls' varsity A and JV leagues will be an all-Western affair. All that and more straight ahead. Good morning, I'm Elliot Weisselberg. The recent hockey rivalry between Frisch and DRS has added another page to their growing chapters. Fresh off of the Cougars JV squad dropping the Wildcats 3-1 on Saturday night to move on to the semifinals, the varsity teams took to the stage last night in DRS in a rematch of last year's championship. The defending champions, the Eastern champion Wildcats, look to advance to their second straight final, but would need to, once again, go through the West 4th seed, the Cougars, in the process. From the outset, though, the Cougars took it to the hosts, breaking through twice in the first two periods on goals by senior Sammy Weiss and junior Aryeh Bloom. 
DRS would not go away quietly, though, as junior Aiden Englander would draw the Cats closer with a goal in the third, but Frisch junior netminder Isaac Markovitz would hold it down the rest of the way, giving Frisch the 2-1 upset win and a measure of revenge. Up next in the semifinals, the Cougars will draw their close rivals, the TABC Storm, in a rematch of last year's varsity semifinal, where TABC will look for their measure of revenge. Not all defending champions have been pushed to the side. In JV basketball, the defending champions still have life despite being a five seed. The Mag and David Warriors have advanced to the semifinals after knocking off the West number two seed JEC Thunder in overtime 51 to 41. Sophomores Elena Mayas and Teddy Cohen paced the visitors with 17 points and 14 points respectively. The Warriors now find themselves matching up against the Eastern Division champion Hafter Hawks. In their only meetup this season, Hafter downed Mag and David 69-58. For Mag and David, it'll be their third straight game against a higher-ranked opponent, having also knocked off the East number 4 seed North Shore to begin their repeat quest. If you're in the mood for a good Western show, tune in to the Girls Varsity A and JV Championships next Thursday night. No, I'm not talking about cowboy hats or horses or showdowns in the desert. I'm talking about the participants that will be squaring off in those two games. Now, we still do not know who exactly it will be, as Varsity is still in the semifinal stage. But after a week where the West team swept their Eastern opponents, we know that either Breweria or Maya Note will face off with either Frisch or SAR for the league crown. In JV, we are a little more aware as Frisch has already punched their ticket to the finals with a 46-45 win over Eastern Conference champion Hafter. The Cougars will now await the winner of the contest between Western Conference champion SAR and the West 3 seed Maya Note. The two championship games will take place next Thursday night in TABC. Looking for more playoff action? Tune into tonight's episode of The Court Report at 7 p.m. on the Siegel Network. This week, we set up the semifinals for every league, including for hockey, where, for the first time in a long time, there will be no DRS, as well as the remaining quarterfinal contests that will be played in basketball. All that and more tonight at 7 p.m. on The Court Report, presented by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn, only on the Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com. And that was your Tuesday morning Jam the AM Sports Update. I'm Elliot Weiselberg.
Tuesday morning, getting closer and closer to the holiday of Purim here at JM in the AM. Thanks for tuning us in, everybody, and being part of this amazing radio experience. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, and here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read in the Megillah, that Haman is our enemy. Om Lazar, we learn in Mesech the Megillah that originally Esther was pointing in the direction of Achashverosh. A Malach came, hit her on the hand, and directed her hand towards Haman. The Vilna Goin asks an interesting question. The whole reason that Esther had made this Suda and invited Achashverosh and Haman was to find Chain in the eyes of Achashverosh, so eventually he would be Mavatal, the Gezer of Haman. He would annul the decree of Haman. How can we understand that in the middle of the Suda, she intended to point her finger at Achashverosh and call him the Rasha, call him the evil one. She would provoke him and remove any hope of being helped by Achashverosh. Certainly, with all the preparations that were made, Esther had achieved that shasa kosher, the charm time, that moment when Achashverosh wanted to know who is this person that is causing her all this trouble and wanted to punish that person. All she had to do at that moment was to talk about Haman and tell exactly what he had done. That would be the end of the story. So why specifically at this time did she point at Achashverosh and possibly lose all the benefit of what she had achieved? The Vilna Gon explained this by referring to the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah. We learned that Nehemiah was the minister in charge of bringing the wine to the Melech Pras. Part of his job was to drink a little bit of the wine to ensure that it had not been poisoned. One day, Nehemiah came in and his face was sad. He had never before appeared before the king with a downcast face. The king asked him why he was downcast. He thought that perhaps there was evil in his heart. Nehemiah replied, Long live the king. I am sad in this day because the city of my ancestors' graves is in ruin and its gates are consumed by fire. The king asked, What is your request? Nehemiah continues, It's explained that actually he was praying before Hashem even though he was talking to an earthly king. The same was with Esther Hamalka. She stood in front of Achashverosh, but she was actually talking to the Melech Malche Amlochim, the King of Kings. Achashverosh thought that she was talking to him. She was trying to inspire divine mercy. So when she was talking about the evil and turned to Hashem, 
she prayed to be saved from Achashverosh because in truth it was Achashverosh who had the power to pass the evil decrees in that Haman. Esther was so shaku and tefillah, so completely immersed in prayer, that she forgot in front of whom she was physically standing. So when Achashverosh asked her, Mihu zehu, Who is this one who is so evil? She instinctively pointed directly at Achashverosh, because he was the one that was responsible for the decree. However, when the Malach came and moved her hand in order that she should point at Haman, Esther realized that her hand was being moved min hashamayim from the heavens, and that she must say it was Haman and not Achashverosh. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. JM and the AM on a Tuesday as we get closer and closer to Purim. Tomorrow, of course, is Tanis Esther. A fast day. We are here at JM and the AM. On Thursday, Mayor Weingarten is going to be uh, doing the Purim show, and then it'll be followed by amazing Purim music all day long Thursday. So during your Suda and as you're delivering Mishloch Manos, etc., etc., just make sure to be tuned into the Nachum Siegel Network, and you'll have exactly what you need. Uh, to make it through the day and make it a very festive day. Well, last year, Judith Rosenbluth, a, a high schooler at Frisch, set up a Moldova Matters at Frisch breakfast club for the Frisch students to be international pen pals with Moldovan teens who were just beginning to learn about Judaism. Students on both sides of the ocean enjoyed learning about each other's culture. Uh, we know how uh, pen pals, those of us from this generation, my generation, know how pen pals work. And you do learn a tremendous amount from uh, communication with people on the other side of the world. Under Judith's direction, the Frisch kids prepared a few video presentations about what Judaism meant to them to share with the Moldovan teens. And the pinnacle was when the Moldovan kids met one night to watch the Frisch Shiria. Afterwards, they told the Frisch kids they were so inspired to see hundreds of kids so excited about Judaism. It was used as a recruiting tool for the Moldovan club to get even more kids to become members. Since then... Last June, Judith independently did a presentation to the J-Team Teen Philanthropy Group that she had participated in all year to advocate for her charity, Friends of Kishinev Jury, in an application to get a $2,000 grant. She succeeded, and they decided the best use of the grant money was to use it to bring these Moldovan teens, with whom the Frisch students have been international pen pals, to visit the U.S. to see what a vibrant Jewish community looks like. And apparently, this trip just concluded and with us live via telephone is somebody who's very familiar with the activities of Judith Rosenbluth. She is the editor of uh, the Jewish Voice and Opinion, which is now online at thejewishvoiceandopinion.com. Our good friend Susie Rosenbluth is with us live via telephone. Susie, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. Good morning. How are you? Baruch Hashem. Boy, oh boy, I wonder where your granddaughter gets this. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it was very interesting. Her parents had become very interested in the Chabad program in Moldova. Uh, Moldova, uh, the capital of Moldova, is Kishinev. And of right. course, we know Kishinev from the Kishinev massacre. It was a very, very highly Jewish uh, uh, populated area. Many Jews in the area, which of course now has almost completely dissipated. Um, obviously, the, the the Holocaust took its toll, and since then, Jews who have been there have been leaving to go to Israel, so that the Jewish population really is dwindling. Um, especially the younger population. There are, some, there are older Jews, but very few younger Jews. And um, the group that is there that calls themselves, um, they, are, they are the friends uh, of, of Kishinev. They are um, uh, Jewish friends of Kishinev. is a, the Chabad group that is doing whatever it can to revitalize the community. And that's the group 
daughter um, made contact with. Um, and, and they're the ones, uh, the Abelskis, Rabbi, ha- Rabbi Zusha Abelski and his lovely rabbits in Hyatt, um, who have been based b- between Moldova, Kishinev, and, um, and uh, Brooklyn, have been very involved in trying to get people interested in what they call Moldova Matters. And, of course, every Jewish life matters, and that's what my granddaughter was very involved in. Um, how, many, yeah, how many kids flew in from Moldova? Um, there were from Moldova itself two. <laughs> Interesting. Were, so they were they they represented the whole group, huh? Well, what happened was there was a lottery because Judith had won, right. had, had 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 managed to get the uh, federation from Central Jersey interested in setting aside some money to sponsor them. So there was a lottery held, and a brother, a half brother and sister, actually won. And a 13-year-old girl and her 18-year-old brother. What was it like when the kids in Frisch met them finally after well, all this time? Well, the kids from Frisch actually didn't get to meet them. Oh, my and, gosh. And the reason they didn't get to meet them was because Frisch had its junior class trip. Oh, my gosh. The, the kids were away. And and Frisch itself, the kids were the kids would have been very happy to come and just meet the administration and people at Frisch, but they were involved with admissions and they didn't have the time. So they spent their time actually with C-Teen, which of course is the Chabad program for teenagers. So they did and, meet some kids from this area. Yes, they did. They did indeed. They met kids from they they, they were in Times Square. Um, mostly Shabbos, I know for sure. They had many trips around the city. C-Team planned a marvelous program for these kids and uh, from all over the world, many of them from the United States. So they did get to meet them, although, of course, language was a problem. <laughs> I can imagine, my gosh. And, well, I mean, they but, had but, a, actually, they, they arranged for a lovely young woman who was originally from Kishinev to, um, who was originally from Kishinev, to uh, be with them, who acted as a translator. And uh, when I met the kids last week, I met the kids actually on Sunday evening before they left to go back to, uh, to, to uh, Moldova. Is, Moldova is nestled in between the Ukraine and Romania. They think they're an independent country, although many people do not recognize them as independent. Unbelievable! Uh, <laughs> had they had they start the pen palling? They use Google Translate, or they, they did it? used they used Google Translate. They used and, and also the Abelskis were very very helpful. Uh, good point. And right. the kids and the kids in Moldova, you know, obviously English is the lingua franca around the world. They're being taught it. Uh, the uh, the eighteen year old does go to university. He wants to be a teacher. The thirteen year old um, really wants to go to Israel. Her plan is to get to Israel as quickly as possible. The two kids who came in were representing a group that's now how large? How large has their, uh, I guess we call it a Jewish club, how large has that gotten in Moldova? 18, maybe. Pretty good, huh? That's Not pretty amazing. That eight, about 18 kids. Unbelievable. And, and, and well, because, through the efforts of what happened through Frisch and, of course, with, with Chabad itself, um, the, the um, 18-year-old boy told me that... Um, he had always been in, interested in Judaism, and uh, but and uh, when Chabad came on Sundays to put on tefillin, he was very eager to do it. Wow. And he realized now that he wants it much, much more. He wants to put on tefillin every day. He's becoming much more involved. And the question is, when you're being that involved, can you stay 
in Moldova? Right. The answer is probably not. Right. And while the, I guess there's a certain bittersweetness to that about the idea of there being a community that once was and is no more, it's hard to shed tears when that community is being uh, transported to Israel. Unbelievable. Well, I guess the big thumbs up today then goes to the Frisch School, to Chabad, and of course to Judith Rosenbluth. Huh? Judith Rosenbluth really took this on single-handedly. She got her friends interested in a little tiny corner of the world that most people don't even know about, who <laughs> thinks about Kishinev these days. But there are there is a group at Frisch now, forever, Moldova will matter. And of course, what they mean when they say Moldova matters, we mean Jewish life in yeah. Moldova. Moldova will continue, however, it's going to continue with its own disputed territory in, in, on, on the world scene. But as I always say, we as Jews, Jewish, we Jewish journalists are the luckiest people in the world because we start out already with an interested audience. If I talk to you <laughs> about the Jewish community in Moldova, Jews in Teaneck care. No question about it. Well, we salute uh, everybody at the Frisch School, uh, their friends at Chabad who are helpful, and of course Judith Rosenbluth and the, uh, the club called Moldova Matters at Frisch. It was founded with this uh, pen pal project in mind. It ended up bringing uh, two representatives of what's becoming a significant group of Jewish kids in Moldova to New Jersey. And as you heard from Susie Rosenbluth, it certainly made quite an impression on them. Susie Rosenbluth, uh, editor of the Jewish Voice and Opinion, go to thejewishvoiceandopinion.com, and a very proud grandmother as well. <laughs> Susie, Chag Sameach. Very good poem for Klal Yisrael. Amen. Great speaking to you. And we salute Judith Rosenbluth on this Tuesday morning. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM.
JM in the AM. Tuesday morning. Tomorrow, Tanis Esther, a fast day. Tomorrow night, the holiday of Purim. Thursday night, the holiday of Purim in Jerusalem. JMM on this Tuesday, and uh, many of you are aware of the fact that the Rothenberg Law Firm and uh, the Nahum Siegel Network now have an even closer connection than we've ever had before, ever since the incredible worldwide attention that the Kosher Halftime Show 2018 received that we recorded in Israel and that was... uh, and that enjoyed a presenting sponsor of the uh, Rothenberg Law Firm. We continue to thank them for that. And uh, we figured that now, uh, we always, in different uh, in different ways, we're always uh, warning and advising young and old in our community during the week of Purim about the dangers of um, of drinking in excess, of possibly giving those who should not be given drinks drinks on Purim. And, of course, God forbid somebody gets behind the wheel of a car in Purim. You know what kind of disasters could occur. So we try to do these warnings as much as possible. We figured that uh, since we have the Rothenbergs aboard, we could do these warnings and strike some fear in people uh, in terms of um, what could happen down the road legally if, in fact, one makes an irresponsible or takes an irresponsible step during this entire Purim celebration process. Harry Rothenberg of the Rothenberg Law Firm, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you very much. And a very happy Purim to you. Thank you, and to you as well. So what's more difficult to stop watching, the Kosher Halftime Show or the Philly Special by Nick Foles? <laughs> which, which is... as, as much as we enjoyed the, the Halftime Show, <laughs> the Philly Special and the result in that game we've been waiting for all our lives. We really enjoyed that. <laughs> so the Kosher Halftime Show, you were not waiting with bated breath, but for that final ball to come down and hit the ground in the Super Bowl, there you were holding your breath and praying, huh? That is correct. <laughs> not, well, not praying. I don't want to waste prayers on that. That, Understood. As, as, as hoping big a fan as I am, you were hoping, hoping that yeah. it was going to hit the ground. You were hoping with with fists clenched, no doubt. Yeah, that was something. Anyway, a big thank you again because aside from the great Sunday everybody had watching the Eagles beat New England, in addition to that, uh, we thank you for being the presenting sponsor of our Kosher Halftime Show, which continues uh, to uh, cause a lot of fun and a lot of big smiles all around the world. All right, so we um, look the f- first of all to remind everybody. Uh, your firm is at InjuryLawyer.com, InjuryLawyer.com. And in, in, in fact, I mean, you, you see a variety of things, not just, uh, you know, cases like we're going to be talking about in situations we're going to be talking about, but, I mean, your firm really addresses an array of types of uh, legal cases that people would come across on a daily basis, right? Every day. We, we, you, we, you can say that any possible way you can imagine for someone to get hurt. We have, as the saying goes, we've been there and we've done that. We don't want it to happen, but if it happens, we're available. Yeah, your preference is that everybody be as safe as possible and that everybody get through their day with no injuries and no problems. Correct. But, but of course, things do happen, and uh, people need to know uh, what their recourses are and what uh, options they have. Uh, so it comes to this area, which we always uh, you know, uh, warn the community about. God forbid uh, people either themselves act irresponsibly because of drinking on Purim or if they themselves... Uh, uh, decide to give somebody who does not 
um, who, who one should not be giving a drink to on Purim. There's a whole legal element to this that's beyond, if we could say, you know, the safety element, meaning that a lot of people may roll their eyes when we give them these safety warnings, but if they would realize just what kind of trouble they could be in with the law, they may take this whole topic a lot more seriously, right? Uh, I would think so. I would hope so. Um, we have been involved in multiple cases uh, wherein underage people, um, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, uh, have had their lives ruined. Uh, we had one case where a 17 year old, uh, he's now a paraplegic because he went out and got drunk for the first time and then uh, got behind the wheel of a car. Uh, we have another case of a 19 year old who is, uh, is and will be spending uh, quite a bit more time in jail because he got drunk and got behind the wheel of a car and hit someone and he killed uh, the passenger and put at the, uh, the driver in the hospital for a year and a half. Um, one bad decision, and their lives are, are changed uh, irrevocably uh, in, in horrifying ways. The alcohol legal limit, is it different in every state, or is this a nationwide, uh, uh, you know, cross-the-board figure? Um, I believe it's the same in every state, but I couldn't tell you that I'm an expert in, in the laws of, of all 50 states. Right, understood. Um, but, that's, but, but what we tell people is, rather than, than going, and there's nothing wrong with going and looking at BAC charts, blood alcohol charts, to figure out how many drinks can I have. Um, but what we tell people is that, especially younger drivers, but at any age, that buzzed driving is drunk driving. Right. You know, if you have to ask the question, the answer is no. Do you think I can still drive after drinking? No. Right. If ever there's a time to err on the safe side. Yeah, even if it's only one drink. Harry Rothenberg is with us, injurylawyer.com. All right, let's go through some of this uh some of the things we some of these things we've actually have discussed in the past. Like I said, now we have a a legal expert who can guide us even better. Um uh, parental responsibility. Uh, I I would assume there are some cases where actually uh the um uh, the minor uh him or herself um, you know, could be involved in something where the parents are actually responsible. Am I right about that? Uh, certainly the parents can be responsible, uh, and others, whoever served the alcohol. Now, there are some exemptions if it's a parent serving his or her own child the alcohol. Right. Um, but if a parent is foolish enough to not only serve a minor uh, who's their child alcohol, but allow that child to get behind the wheel of a car... Uh, then certainly there can be responsibility. And if the parents own the car, then there's automatic responsibility. And are we accurate when we say that, uh, you know, on that, that by the letter of the law, somebody, an adult, cannot give a minor a drink? Forget about parents for a moment, but an, an adult is, is really, by the letter of the law, not even allowed to give a minor a drink? Absolutely like, not. So someone sitting in shul tomorrow night after the Megillah, and they're trying to be funny or maybe not funny, and and give a, a 16 year old uh, something to drink. They can't do that. That's legally uh, not. That's not allowed. It's illegal. Correct. All right. So people have to keep that in mind. That's for sure. And uh, and that goes for someone else's home as well. There are a lot of homes that are open on Purim Day this Thursday. People will be celebrating. A lot of people will be visiting. This is a tradition. I'm sure that's in every every Jewish neighborhood. Uh, people have to be careful what's on the table and what type of uh, what type of drinks people have access to in their house. That's correct. And, and the only way to do this is to plan ahead. My sons know that if they're planning to drink, uh, they'll have permission at my table during the Suda only. Right. So that way it's controlled. If they drink too much, they get into a bed or a couch and they fall asleep. Um, they're not going outside. They're not getting behind the wheel of a car or even walking around once they've started drinking. Right. Um, and their friends know, or they know about their friends, that their friends who are minors are not going to be served in my house. 
And people who come to collect know that if there's someone who's visibly intoxicated, they're not walking into my house. Ironclad rules work well, huh? That's right. Bright line rules. And, and of course, and it's, and it's not something that I surprise them with. We talk about this every year before bar, and we, I, I remind them what the rules are for drinking. Yeah, well, I've already put together a list of what's going to be allowed in my house. and mo- for you. Mo- most of the hard stuff ain't on it. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Harry Rothenberg is with us. We're talking about Purim and responsible, uh, responsible celebration of the holiday. The best thing would be is all, if all of us get through the holiday of Purim without any episodes without any terrible news, God forbid, filtering through to other areas of the community. Let's try to be as safe as possible uh, throughout the entire holiday, that's for sure. By the, oh, way, by the way, can a minor be liable? I mean, I know that we talked about parental responsibility, but can the minor themselves, if they go ahead and do something stupid, can they, can they be held accountable? Sure. No question about it. Absolutely, especially we, behind the wheel of a car. Because we, yeah. always, we always talk about uh, you know, minor being treated like an adult you know, when it comes to the law. Um, and, and they shouldn't think, although I don't think any minor would actually think this way, but they shouldn't think that because they're underage that it's going to be any different, right? Certainly not. And, and it's not just the eyes of the law. It's also the eyes of the outside world. You know, we have to remind ourselves um, to, to think that there isn't going to be drinking going on on Purim, obviously, is, is, is ridiculous. There's going to be drinking that's going to happen. And, and we know from past experience that there's going to be drinking by people who are underage and people who are of age. Right. But, uh, but everybody, collectively, we have to just consider for a second, what does it look like when we are outside? I remember once having a, a Purim Suda not too many years ago, and our guests were arriving, and we always uh, make it a point to include guests who are not from, so that they can share in the experience of Purim, and as they were arriving, walking up the, the, the front walkway to my house, there was a, a uh, yeshiva bacher from a prominent yeshiva who was there with a group collecting, and he was vomiting on our walkway in front of them. Right. And that's just, you know, that's not the Purim spirit. That's for sure. Look what kind of, uh, what kind of impression it gives the people, especially those who are not familiar with our community. It is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com on the NahumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Harry Rothenberg is with us, sponsors of the Kosher Halftime Show 2018, of course, the Rothenberg Law Firm, and we thank them. Now, a much more serious topic, and that is drinking on Purim and trying to encourage everybody to understand that not only can they cause themselves harm, and God forbid others as well, uh, but there are legal uh, situations that they're going to have to face, really serious ones. The law takes this really really seriously information about the uh, firm at injurylawyer.com injurylawyer.com and i wanted to bring up this point it's 2018 for those of us who grew up in a generation where where the whole issue of drunk driving really you know started to uh get a tremendous amount of media attention when we were when we were younger uh i mean are these can i assume that because of all the awareness and all the organizations and all the nationwide campaigns that these types of cases come across your desk much less frequently or is that the wrong impression um, it's tough for me to say, but anecdotally, they're always coming across my desk because we're the people that get a call when something horrible happens. Right. Uh, and remember that as, as, as good a job as people have done, that the media has done to make sure that this is a hot-button issue, every year there's a, there's, there's a new group of people that need to be educated. There are those, let's say, 13-year-olds and 14-year-olds and 15-year-olds and 16-year-olds who are going to have their first drink or their first Purim drinking experience, and they need to have information beforehand. Has your so they fir- can drink responsibly. Has your, going to drink. has your firm dealt with people who uh, were texting and driving and ended up causing harm? Of course. Uh, it's a, it is, it is a, 
an international scourge. We have cases where we where more and more often we'll have the video from a, a store nearby or from a, a police camera, and you and you watch the accident unfold in broad daylight. How is it possible that that car making a left turn entered an intersection and just mowed someone or or mowed people down? And the answer, more often than not, they were texting. Can I just weren't looking at the roadway? Can I assume that aside from from you know literally from uh, from someone? I mean, obviously, we know what car accidents are and how they how they happen. Especially, uh, people don't see things. People backs and go through stop signs, red lights, etc. For whatever reason, but can I assume that these two areas—the drinking and the texting—when it comes to the driver responsibility, are the two uh, highest forms of uh, of car accidents? Uh, I would think so. Yeah. Boy, and, oh boy. and remember that the that what people often don't know is that the owner of the car is responsible for that too. If you lend your car out to someone or allow a uh, allow someone to drive your car, allow someone from your family who's drinking or texting, um, then there is responsibility for the owner. That's why I always tell teenagers when they start driving that every car manufacturer has to create a special place in the car by law for you to store your cell phone while you're driving. It's called the trunk. Otherwise, they'll have access to it. Right. Because, because people, when they first start driving, especially nowadays, you know, who who are or who have grown up with their phone in their hand and are used to responding to every text, it's very difficult for them to resist that urge when that when that phone starts buzzing. Yeah, it's funny. In some situations, I see that uh, that teenagers and those in their twenties are better at avoiding the phone while driving than some of the people who are older than them. Isn't that interesting? Can be. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. Works both ways. Collect a vote to those who are preparing them properly as they get their licenses and. And hit the road. Maybe one of the benefits of all the drivers ed out there and all the different courses they take in order to learn how to drive responsibly and defensively. Um, Harry Rothenberg is with us. The message is very simple, everybody. It's a message that we're going to be continuing to harp on between now and Tuesday afternoon. <clears throat> and that is that um, if you want to drink on Purim, number one, drink responsibly. In moderation would be preferred, although I'm sure some people will not heed that advice. Uh, but certainly you want to stay away from a car and you want to make sure uh, to uh, keep the keys away from those who want to drive in that type of situation. That's number one. Also realize that the law is um, is unsympathetic. There ain't no mercy from the law in these areas. Harry, you've seen, as you said, you've seen people both physically suffer for the rest of their lives and you've seen people incarcerated who are going to be suffering for quite a long time. Certainly, and I would add that, that particularly for Purim, that one of the big dangers on Purim, in addition to the possibility of driving while intoxicated, and, and I think for us it's a bigger problem, because I think that you know, for, for the most part, people are responsible enough, the adults who are around, to make sure that any child or any, any minor who's drinking doesn't have access to a car. Right. What we're less careful about is walking while intoxicated, which is incredibly dangerous, and that um, probably is the biggest issue on Purim. Someone From, falls down a, a flight of stairs in someone else's home, that homeowner's got a problem, right? Or, or, or walks in front of a car. Right. Go, go try to drive in, a, in, in one of our from neighborhoods on Purim. Right. And you need eyes in the back of your head because you don't know who's going to come stumbling out in the, in the middle of the roadway while intoxicated. Hey, parents, pay careful attention to your kids this Purim. And kids, pay careful attention to your parents this Purim. Hey, Harry, before I let you go, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm just, I'm just curious. Could, could you rattle off a... Uh, uh, a couple of examples for us of different things that the firm is involved with, aside from the driving cases that you pointed out. When else are people going to injurylawyer.com and calling your office? 
you know, as I mentioned before, really any possible manner in which someone could get injured, uh, construction site accidents, um, these, the bread and butter ones you mentioned, the automobile accidents or fall downs, which could be from a defect, could be from snow and ice um, or other types of conditions. Uh, medical malpractice. Um, we love doctors and we love hospitals, and uh, it's rare that that mistakes are made that that are mistakes that should not have been made and lead to very serious injuries. But when that happens, um, they need to be held responsible. Yeah. Uh, so to to ensure better care in the future, um, there are cases that we have involving um, um, pharmaceutical issues and errors, um, product liability cases, both in the automobile context and and elsewhere. Um, really any type of, uh, of injury. We're also involved in counterterrorism litigation, um, trying to, to bring the sponsors of international terror um, to justice um, and make them responsible for the, the, the horrific harms that they have inflicted. So those family members who have, who have had family members who are victims of terror, they contact you? Correct. Interesting. That must take years. Yes, many, many years. I can only imagine. Harry Rothenberg, InjuryLawyer.com. is with the Rothenberg Law Firm. We thank them for uh, all these important messages, especially regarding the holiday of Purim. Hey, Mayor Kay hasn't contacted you about excess paint being used in a paint fight in Jerusalem, has he? In the what in Jerusalem? Uh, the paint fight in Jerusalem at the Kosher Halftime Show. He hasn't contacted you, has he? No. Just want to make sure about that. We want, we want to stay out of legal trouble, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Thank you so much. Everything you've You're told us welcome. today is really important. I bet you it's going to prevent some, uh, some t- terrible uh, decisions by people and make them think twice on this holiday of Purim. My thanks to you, Harry. Thank you. Harry Rothenberg, Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. You know, we do this every year, um, and we even mention, you know, based on whatever we know, how the law can really crack down on somebody who does the wrong thing on Purim, especially with a car. But now you've heard it from somebody who actually knows the law and who knows and has seen what can happen. Heed the advice, everybody around the world. Everybody listening around the world, heed the advice. Let's make this the safest Purim ever. More coming up eight minutes after 8 o'clock. You're listening to JM in the AM.
Pardon me, lady, but ever since we took off, I've been meaning to ask you something. Oh, what is it, sir? What is that you're carrying in that blanket? What do you mean, what is it? It's my little baby. 
<laughs> Lady, I hate to tell you, but <laughs> that is the ugliest, most ridiculous, youth-looking baby I have ever seen. How dare you talk about my child that way? I've never been so insulted in my life. You are not getting away with this. I'll have you thrown off the plane. Look, lady, it's an ugly baby. Now, I've seen ugly in my time, but you've got an award winner. If I, if I could get my hands on you, I'd tear your hair out. I'm calling the captain. I'm going to give you Just such a, a second. Just a second. Let's stop this argument. I'm the studious and this is a... I said was the truth. Oh, you rotten, no good, miserable Just a rat. second. <laughs> Calm down, lady. Take it easy. Just relax. I'll bring you a nice hot glass of tea, a pillow for your head, then I'll get you a banana for your monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Tuesday morning, getting closer and closer to poor image jam of the AM. <laughs> yes, those comedy segments are quite comedic, aren't they? They certainly are. Uh, JM of the AM, more coming up, everybody. Um, uh, what do we have here? 16 minutes after 8 o'clock, community calendar. A lot of events happening. Keep it right here for that and much, much more at JM in the AM. <laughs> Ah, ah, the fairies are the fairies, ah, ah, the fairies are the fairies, ah, ah, the fairies are the fairies. 
J.M. in the A.M. Schlockrock, Achashverosh. RCCS, uh, which has been doing, uh, well, to say the least, an absolutely amazing job in helping people who are in very difficult, um, very difficult medical situations. Uh, many of you are aware of um, the incredible work they do, helping people who have no insurance to pay for treatments, for cancer treatments, et cetera, et cetera. We've highlighted them many, many times here at JM and the AM. They have a big event coming up, and, and one that's, uh, frankly, um, a little bit different than some of the uh, <laughs> some of the events we have in our community. Uh, they have an RCCS Spring Classic coming up at the Menin Ice Arena in Morristown, New Jersey, beginning on April the 14th. And what's unique about this is that it's an ice skating classic. No joke. It's an ice skating classic. Rabbi Yisrael Mayor Merkin is with us. He's Director of Organizational Advancement for RCCS. Rabbi Merkin, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum, for having me. Always, always good to come on, come back on the show. Well, I appreciate that. This is quite unusual, wouldn't you say? A uh, an ice hockey spring classic in the Jewish community. Explain. Um, well, one thing is, I don't play hockey. So let me just say, this is not come because of my love for the sport. Um, but when you say it's unusual, what's an amazing thing? I, I guess it's sort of what's flown under the radar is the amount of amount of guys that are playing ice hockey. I mean, when we start to think about this idea, I told the person that approached that approached the subject, I said, "Do people really play this sport?" He's like, "You'll be surprised." And Nachum, I'm I'm telling you, there are games in every single Jewish community with hundreds of guys playing one, two, even three times a week ice hockey. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. It's not for me. How many, it's amazing. How many participants do you need to make the RCCS Spring Classic a success? Um, well, so the way, we, the way we designed it was we wanted – there are – it really goes back to the arena. The facility that we're taking out, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful arena out in um, uh, Morristown. It's called the Men Arena, and it has three sheets of ice. So realistically, we figured that in order to get this thing going, we would need 12 teams. Right. Now, because of the amount of games that we could be running um, at a given time and the amount of games within one span of a day, 
each team normally these pickup games they have uh, ten players to a team, two lines, uh, two lines, five people per line, and a goalie included. And we actually figured that they would actually need three lines. So we basically we told the teams that if you want to if you want to probably stack your team, you would need sixteen players. So right now, if you do twelve times sixteen, we need a. We, so we're we're shooting for about one hundred and ninety-two participants. And right now, we're actually from last night. I think we're at one ninety-two. Are you serious? So you, you are, you've already I'm very. You, I'm very you, serious. You've already filled every spot. Every spot, every slot, every team has already been filled out. I'm telling you, it's. I've I've been I've been so impressed and amazed at just the excitement of the players and just their enthusiasm to the event, their dedication to wanting to get it done. I mean, there are 192 guys in our community and around our community, because I'm sure a lot of guys in our community brought in friends they play hockey with. There are 192 of them who are willing to do this for RCCS, huh? The 192 people. I mean, remember, our communities, this event, what's amazing about it is that it spans all the way from Rockland all the way down to Ocean County, right. uh, New Jersey. Right. And everywhere in between, you have the city. We even have people coming in from Florida and from Chicago, from Israel, from Toronto. It's it's. It's an it's amazing. It's April fourteenth and fifteenth. So you're starting it on Saturday, late Saturday night. So yeah, so Monday shop is what we're doing. Is everybody's going to come up? The games are going to start at about ten o'clock. I mean, usually I'm in bed by then, but I guess again for a hockey player, it's a different mentality. Um, and then afterwards, we're actually very fortunate to have playing in the tournament uh, somebody named Ephraim Sean Skinner. Um, his story in and of itself is an amazing one, but he is a gear and he is actually a, profici- uh, a professional stick handling coach. He, um, he actually coached Alexander Ovechkin, uh, for a year, um, of, of the Washington Capitals. And he's actually playing in the tournament and he will be running a skills clinic for all, for, for the participants. So after each player, play, after each team plays a game, Sean's going to be running a skills clinic. Then we took out where uh, we rented out a hotel about eight minutes away from the facility. The guys are going to go uh, back to the hotel, and then we're back on the ice 10 a.m. Sunday morning. Unbe- finish it off. Unbelievable. You're making jerseys for everybody? Jerseys are being made right now. It's, uh, we're actually in contact with the hockey giant Bauer. Um, for, uh, potentially for them to be able to provide the jerseys, which in of itself, Bauer Hughes doesn't get involved in private events, but through the efforts of um, my main, the person that's been running this with me, somebody named Gabriel Jacobson, um, he reached out to Bauer, and hopefully we're going to get them to be able to um, get us the jerseys. So professional jerseys being made, um, a real, we're trying to do it. We're trying to do it as best as we can uh, for the players. Unbelievable! All right. So if you have every slot taken at this point from this audience, I guess you want sponsors and people to to log on and, and sponsor specific players and teams, right? Um, most definitely. Look, I'm not going to. You had mentioned it. The the great work of RCCS, and I don't think that can be um, you know overstated. Besides, you had mentioned the insurance premiums that the organization pays, which and also for medical treatment. Um, we're talking about even even for those who have insurance. Like somebody will say, I have great insurance. What do I need RCCS for? And the answer is because God forbid, if someone is diagnosed is being able to direct them where to go, what doctors to use, how to get those almost impossible to get appointments. Now now with this top specialist, we're talking about months waiting list that RCCS 
through their connections, is able to, you know, cut through and get patients the appointments that they need and being able to run point and quarterback to make sure that all the specialists are, you know, are, are walking side by side and being able and, and the treatments that the patient that the patients are getting are in line. So why I bring that up is because at the end of the day, RCCS, though it is a global organization, it's a community organization because sadly, I don't think there's anybody that doesn't know somebody that's been affected by, by cancer. So this is a community event. And the fact that we are spanning every single Jewish community, it's giving people an opportunity who never heard of RCCS to really to, to learn more about it, to be able to support us in the, in the vital work that we're doing. Unbelievable. Uh, everybody out there who wants to support the RCCS Spring Classic at this point, they're looking for additional sponsors, and of course, they're looking for people to sponsor their players and teams. Go to rccsclassic.org, rccsclassic.org. I assume when people get to that website, it'll be self-explanatory, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a sponsor register. As we discussed, registerism isn't as much of an option. So, sponsor. There are 100, 192 players that would, uh, you know, that, that would love people to throw their support around. So, yeah, go on the website, and you'll be able to find your favorite player. And you're encouraging families and friends to come on Sunday, April 15th. You're going to have a carnival atmosphere. You're going to have gourmet breakfast and a barbecue buffet. You're, you're going to treat everybody really nicely there. Oh, m- most definitely. I mean, uh, for, for a lot of the guys, um, you know, hockey is actually a family sport. It'd be a lot of guys who play, their kids play. So what we've done is, back with Sean Skinner, is for top fundraisers, we're actually going to be running a special clinic on Sunday for the, for, for the players' kids, teaching them how to handle the stick, shoot, the, uh, you know, shoot, skate, uh, you know, using his expertise. So we're encouraging families to come for that. There's going to be an open skate for families. Carnival, as you said, giveaways, uh, food, just one big, as you said, a carnival festive atmosphere um, for all the families to enjoy because we want to make this a family event to hopefully for everyone to come out and also cheer on their fathers as they play for the Cup. Rabbi Yisrael Mayer and Director of Organizational Advancement for RCCS, the website rccsclassic.org. It starts Saturday night. April the 14th, which is the Saturday night after Pesach, and continues Sunday, April the 15th at the Menin Ice Arena in Morristown, New Jersey. All the information at rccsclassic.org. We wish you the best of luck with this. I can't get over this concept. Good luck and best regards to all 192 players. <laughs> I will. Thank you so much, Malcolm. Thank a pleasure. You More coming up on a, on a, what is today? Tuesday of Purim Week at JM in the AM.
Rami Flam, Greatest Purim Hits, and Ala Nisim. Hey, reminder, the mega event for Nefesh Benefesh, those of you who have ever, those of you who are single, those of you who are married, those of you who have large families, anybody out there who has ever thought about moving to Israel, here's the event you want to be at. March 11th, Sunday at John Jay College in Manhattan. As we uh, enter the 50 days before the uh, Israel at 70 celebration, right? It's 50 days from now. So we're about to enter the, uh, the span of 50 days before the big Israel 70 celebration. You may want to make a decision before Israel 70 about moving to Israel and being part of the uh, incredible miracle that continues in this 21st century on behalf of the Jewish people. That great miracle is the state of Israel. Yeah. Some people have difficulty admitting it. Some people have difficulty with reality. But that is the reality. The great miracle of the last the 70 years is the state of Israel. Um, so many of you out there may have this desire, I would hope, to, uh, to head to Israel with your family as a single, whatever the case may be. March 11th, circle the calendar, John Jay College, New York City. It is the Nefesh Benefesh mega event, nbn.org.il, nbn for Nefesh Benefesh.org.il. Keep that web address in mind. Hey, Mazel Tov to Yehuda Stillerman. We had an amazing time last night at his bar mitzvah in Brooklyn, New York. Mazel Tov to uh, Shani and Rabbi Avi Stillerman. Mazel Tov to uh, the, um, the Stillermans, Rabbi and Mrs. Nachum Stillerman, of course, to my uh, brother and sister-in-law. Babby and Rabbi Nate Siegel, and the extended Stillerman and Siegel families. Beautiful celebration last night. Yehuda Stillerman, Mazalta from all of us here at the JM and the AM. Soul to Soul presents the one and only Mordechai Ben David. Soul to Soul presents the one and only Mordechai Ben David this Sunday at the Wingate Auditorium on Kingston Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. It starts at 7 p.m. Uh, tickets are available at Judaica World on Kingston Avenue. You could dial 347-688-SOUL, or you can go online and get Mordechai Ben David tickets for this Sunday, jewishtickets.com, jewishtickets.com. Simple as that, jewishtickets.com. All righty, and you'll be all set. Tuesday morning with sunshine and a high temperature of 56. Right now, Yerushalayim is at 56. We're at 39 here in New York City. As we say good morning at JM in the AM. Well, Lipa's out with a brand new selection. I want to thank uh, Avi. Avi made sure to get us Lipa's brand new song earlier today. It's called Schnudder. <laughs> That's what it's called, Schnudder. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. 
Lipa with a brand new song for Purim 5778 at JM in the AM. Oh, don't tell me after that introduction that we've had a little bit of a malfunction. Here we go. Schnudder, Lipa, JM in the AM.
Was meint der Schnuder? Geht mal, das ist Schnuderi, Schnuderi, gib mir die Schnuderi hinter der Schnuder. Brand new Lipa, a song called Schnuder for um, Purim 5778 here at JM in the AM. All right. JM Rewind is coming up at uh, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Today, my interview with Dr. David Ross Marin, our most recent one from the Center for Anxiety. The uh, Yeshiva University coach, Elliot Steinmetz. Those of you who missed yesterday's interview, you have a chance to hear it on JM Rewind coming up. They are champions of the Skyline Conference, as you know. Friday, they play York, Pennsylvania, York College, in the first round of the NCAA's Division Three. Pretty amazing, huh? Also, my interview with Rabbi Joseph Karasik, Rabbi Karasik uh, and his brand new book. They were the subject of an interview I did with Rabbi Karasik um, last week. That interview will be replayed during JM Rewind as well, between 9 and 10 Eastern Time, right after JM and the AM. We have JM Rewind Tuesday Live Lunch with a guest host at 11 a.m. It's uh, Avrami. Avrami with a guest spot on a Tuesday Live Lunch between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to join Avrami for that. Uh, taking a look at the NSN app. Um, what do we have here? Mazel tov to Joshua Hertzfeld, Ariella Samimi on their marriage last night in Crown Heights. Mazel tov Joshua and Ariella. From all of us here at JM in the AM, listen to Yehuda says, it was a beautiful Labadic experience, Baruch Hashem, that I am sure. So we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. <laughs> Michael Rollhouse sent me the Purim Kiddush. She wants us to play it on the air. Michael, I don't know if I'm going to play that on the air. <laughs> I think that's somebody in the Purim Kiddush that's on YouTube. I think that's somebody who's noticeably, um, noticeably had a little bit too much to drink one Purim. Not sure how the uh, the audio would be received by our audience, but it's a it's a pretty funny routine. Anybody who hasn't seen it, you can go to Purim Kiddush on YouTube and see what happens when someone tries to say Kiddush on Purim after, I believe, having a little too much Kiddush already. If you know what I mean. JM in the AM with 39 degrees sunshine and a high temperature of 56. It's a Tuesday tomorrow. Tanis Esther on Friday. It's a Shushan Purim. Our NCSY summer program raffle announcement will be Friday on Shushan Purim. And Thursday, of course, is Purim. Mayor Weingarten will be sitting in. And then right after Mayor's finished at 9 a.m., boy, oh, boy, you have an entire full, incredible Purim day of amazing Purim music on the Nahum Siegel Network. Hey, don't forget, you could sponsor part or all of a JM in the AM broadcast in memory of someone, uh, in honor of somebody. Uh, that's right. Chava Siegel celebrating a birthday today on the 12th of Adar, and Yosef Siegel celebrating a birthday today on the 12th of Adar, and Yoshua Siegel celebrating a birthday today on the 12th of Adar. You could honor their birthday, or you could honor somebody who uh, may be ill, unfortunately, and needs a refuah shlema, or you could honor someone's memory. Uh, go to fjbunity.org. You can sponsor part or all of AJMN broadcast, and, of course, we thank you. Also, a reminder, make sure to check out OnlySimchas.com. OnlySimchas.com is utilizing a whole bunch of our content for their website, their incredible news feed, not just Simcha News, but all the news that they do. Check out OnlySimchas.com on a daily basis. And uh, don't forget, if you, uh, if you do not receive, if you do not receive our NSN JM and the AM newsletter each and every week, normally on Monday, if you don't receive our email newsletter, um, each and every week. You could sign up simply by um, by emailing Avrami. Just email AF for Avrami Finkelstein, AF at NahumSiegel.com. AF at NahumSiegel.com and say, hey, Avrami, 
would love to get the weekly newsletter and be up to date on what's coming up and what has been on the air at JMNAM and the Nahum Siegel Network. So just uh, email Avrami, af at nachomsegel.com, and um, he'll take care of the rest. More coming up. It's JMNAM. <laughs> Oh 
Of course we are dedicating this to the Yeshiva University basketball team. After all, they've had a lot of Mishanichnas Adar tunes sung in their arena this month. Okay, Sally, let's go over the plans. You're going to the bank, and you'll tell them, stick them up. Should I take out the guns first? Should I take out the guns first? Dummy! Certainly you take out the guns first. No, not here in the street. When you get to the bank, you take out the guns, and you say, stick him up. Stick him up. Now, I got, it. I got it. When you got all of them stuck up, you'll take out the shopping bag from Corvettes. You'll give it to the teller and tell him to fill it up, please. You'll take the bag of money, you'll tell everybody that's stuck up that they shouldn't move for five minutes because you've got the place surrounded by me. You'll back out of the door. I'll be waiting for you in the car. That's it. And believe me, you got the easy job, and I got the dangerous job. You got the dangerous job? I'm going in there alone with two guns against six guards and all those people, and I'm going to tell them to stick them up and fill it up and back out of the bank while you're sitting in the car, and you got the dangerous job? Certainly I got the dangerous job. I can drive. I love it. The great bank robbery. Tuesday morning, it's JM in the AM. Closer and closer to Purim. Don't you feel it, how close we are to Purim? After all, uh, when you're hearing all these comedy segments, you know Purim is right around the corner. Uh, tomorrow is Tanis Esther. It's a fast day. When does the fast start? Let's see what we have on this calendar here. This calendar here in the New York area claims that the fast starts tomorrow... At 5 a.m. Okay. So now I know exactly when breakfast will be. <laughs> you think anybody will mind if, if they smell a good breakfast coming out of the kitchen at 4 o'clock in the morning? All right. So um, so that's the plan. Plan is getting get in early. It's fast starts at 5 a.m. Uh, most of the time, I believe we, uh, we go with the custom that the fast goes till after Megillah reading, right? Most people do that. Extenuating circumstances, someone may uh, eat uh, before the Megillah. But um, I believe that's how we normally play it. And uh, it should be a great uh, Yom Tov, a great, wonderful celebration for everybody. I want to thank Harry Rothenberg, who joined us earlier. Um, we were talking about the the incredible 
responsibility that people have when it comes to Purim and uh, how they'll have to face a lot of things if, God forbid, they're involved purposely or you know neg- negligibly in some type of uh, Purim injury or death. Uh, but in addition to that, they're going to have to deal with the law as well. So if nothing else scares you, if potentially, God forbid, killing someone doesn't scare you, maybe the fact that you could be in jail the rest of your life will scare you. So whatever it takes, just make sure it is as incredibly simchadik and calm and safe a Purim as possible. More coming up. It's brand new Shalshelis at JM in the AM. If do if do as Hashem
מלחמות קשות, רדיפות כואבות, בכל זמן, בכל מקום. עברנו את פרעה, נעבור גם את זה. עלילות שקרים, צוררים קשים, שרוצים רק להרוס. עברנו את פרעה, נעבור גם את זה. אז נצא כולנו יחד לרחובות העיר, ניקח אוויר Mordechai Shapiro, that's Navar. Before that, brand new Shal Shalas off the album We're Coming Home here at JM in the AM. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NalchemSiegel.com. On the NalchemSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Tuesday here at JM in the AM. Thanks so much for tuning in. Tomorrow we're back on Tanis Esther Morning to get you ready for the holiday of Purim. Don't forget, tomorrow is a fast day. JM Rewind is next until 10 o'clock. Album of the week is Shlock Rock. Enjoy that on this uh, almost era of Purim. And then, of course, Avrami hosts a live lunch. Guest hosts a live lunch starting at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Have a fabulous Tuesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.